This is Catherine Otto. I'm here at the European Society of Cardiology meeting in Barcelona talking with Dr. Bernard Ayung about the new European guidelines for aortic disease. So welcome to Barcelona. Thank you, Catherine. So uh, it's, uh, some of the things people are going to have questions about is what's new in the guidelines. So what do you think is most important for people to focus on in the new features in these guidelines? Well, there are uh, different issues, but uh, uh, probably one of the, of the new findings are related to, to bicuspid aortic valve, and uh, uh, in particular due to the recent data regarding familial clustering and higher prevalence of thoracic aortic aneurysms, uh, of course in patients who have bicuspid valve, but also in first-degree relative, even if those patients do not have uh, bicuspid valve. And as a consequence, this is a debated issue, but these guidelines uh, recommend the screening of first-degree relative of patients with bicuspid aortic valve, uh, that is uh, echocardiographic screening uh, targeting uh, the diameter of uh, ascending aorta. This is an issue because bicuspid aortic valve is frequent, uh, but this is now a two-way recommendation. Okay, I think that's important, and that's a little different than the American guidelines, where we were a little ambivalent about that and did not feel we could make that strong a recommendation, but certainly it is familial. How about the timing of intervention in bicuspid valve? What numbers are we using? So uh, at present time, uh, guidelines recommend intervention when maximum aortic diameter reaches 55 millimeter or 50 millimeter only if there are additional risk factors. That is mainly familial history of sudden death or aortic dissection, uh, rapid progression or associated coarctation of the aorta. And uh, this is uh, consistent with recent ESC guidelines on valvular disease, but somewhat higher than the thresholds which were recommended in the 2007 uh, guidelines on uh, valvular disease, where intervention was recommended for 50 millimeter in patients with bicuspid valve, even without risk factors. And this change is mainly the consequence of recent findings of long-term cohort follow-up showing that uh, if uh, thoracic aneurysms is, is frequent and enlarge over time in patients with bicuspid valve, uh, the incidence of severe aortic complication uh, remains very low. Yeah, and I think that's an important point. And the American guidelines did the same change and went to 55 millimeters or 5.5 centimeters for bicuspid valve patients, unless there were other risk factors, as you point out, family history, rapid progression, and, and any other reason to intervene earlier. How about in patients with Marfan syndrome or other connective tissue disorders? What What uh, is the breakpoint there for intervention? As regards Marfan syndrome, uh, the breakpoint is uh, 50 millimeter, once again, uh, consistent with U.S. guidelines and ESE guidelines on valvular disease. Uh, once again, it's higher than in the uh, 2007 guidelines on valvular disease, where the threshold was 45 millimeter. No, it's 45 only if there are associated risk factors. And once again, this is uh, supported by a recent publication showing that long-term follow-up of uh, patients with Marfan disease uh, with uh, prophylactic intervention at the threshold of 50 millimeter was associated with very good patient outcome. We should add a word of caution, that is that these results were observed uh, when patients were carefully followed in specialized centers. And of course, uh, uh, a prerequisite for such threshold is that, uh, is that uh, careful follow-up is performed. 
And I think that that's very important about careful follow-up, but also about how are we imaging these patients. We're talking about millimeters in terms of timing of intervention. You know, and, and I know when my patients, I get different numbers if I order a cardiac MRI or a CT or an echo in different places in the aorta and different times in the cardiac cycle. What do these diameters refer to? I fully agree that uh, the importance of this diameter and recommendation highlights the need for uh, very careful uh, imaging and interpretation of imaging. Uh, the first part of the guidelines is dedicated to technical requirements, uh, to technical rules to measure aortic diameter using echocardiography, using CT scan, using MRI, and uh, it's important when uh, considering this diameter, in particular uh, in patients who have borderline values for intervention, either uh, as a crude value or in temporal trends and it is recommended to check for the consistency between different investigation and in particular when analyzing a temporal trend not to focus only on two examination but on a longitudinal trend uh, over, over a longer time because uh, with if we have a variation of three or four millimeter it may correspond to the inter-observer variability and as in many of the field we should not stick to a magic number uh, but uh, interpret uh, this according to uh, the consistency between different techniques uh, and uh, other patient characteristics. Well I think that's a great concise summary of the the key points of the guidelines we'll be looking forward to reading those and thank you very much for your time. Thank you Catherine.